WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestleBlog State of Wrestling Address. Every week, ideally on a Friday or Saturday, myself and my good brother over here chat about the week's wrestling topics. I'm Aaron Nix, and joining me, of course, is the Maple Leaf Magician, the Duke of Diabetes, and the King of Canadian Strong Style 2.0, of course, because Josh Alexander is obviously number one in that department, Carl Wilkinson. I mean, if I'm second only to him, that's uh, I'm okay with that. I would say you're third to him and Ethan Page, but we don't know where Ethan Page is. Can somebody put a, uh, a memo out for that guy? I'll stick him on the side of a milk cart. I haven't seen Ethan Page in ages. Probably just taking a break, to be honest, from all the smarts and idiots. Um, That's fair. Us included. Us included. Right, wrestling topics. How much of the wrestling week has passed you by without incident, Mr. Wilkinson? Uh, let's see. I watched. I think I watched most of Raw. I'm sorry. It was. Well, I mean... The ending was great. Yeah, that that's pretty much. I watched it because I was like, we're like, hey, it's going to be the first hour. I'm like, sweet. Then it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't then it wasn't the second hour. I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers. Uh, you knew they were going to do You knew they were going to do it. But that was cool. I've seen bits and pieces of both Dynamite and NXT. Both have seen really great this week. People putting out the fucking ratings. Kyle doesn't give a shit. Um, yeah, the ratings don't really mean much, actually. Uh, that was one of the news topics I did have written down here. The only reason I wanted to talk about it is because I watched both Dynamite and NXT this week. Now, I know that NXT is only going to get a certain amount of viewership, so I don't really pay too much attention to that at this point. I just enjoy the show for what it is. But I was very curious to see how AEW would do, because they had the big show with Shaquille O'Neal. And obviously, Shaq is a, a mega star. We're not talking about a small celebrity in stature or in status. Um, you know, he is a guy who is widely recognized by, I would say, a good proportion of the world. You know, he's got that kind of Michael Jordan-esque kind of level. You know, Shaq walks into a room, everyone knows who that guy is. Even my mum would be like, I recognize him. <laughs> like, he's just that kind of guy. And I always use my mum as a good measurement for that because she is utterly clueless to all things pop culture. However, didn't pop the ratings enough. Really, not for what I was uh, looking at. They got about another 100,000, maybe. Only 934,000 viewers on TNT. NXT obviously only garnered 692,000, which seems about right. So I reckon there's probably about fifty to 100,000 people who flip and flop, depending on what appeals to them. And I imagine most of those went to AEW this week. And some would say rightfully so, to be fair. And obviously NXT is responding in kind next week by having two major title matches. But my question to you is, do you think that, you know, obviously only getting just under a million viewers for Shaquille O'Neal, does that say more about the state of wrestling 
in general these days that people just aren't going to come back to the product in their droves because it's too far gone and too far removed from what it used to be? I think it's going to take, it's going to be a very long road to recovery, whatever COVID is actually dealt with. You know, they're rolling out so many different vaccines. I know even a third one has been developed. I think it'll be coming to Canada at some point. It's people are going to be excited to come back, but I, I think it will still take longer for the people to watch it on TV. Like, I don't think live attendance will ever be an issue, but I think when people, I stopped watching because the crowd was, is such a part of it, right? It's kind of like the third performer when there's two guys in the ring. Mm. It's so important to that. And I tuned in for a really long time. So I think when crowds start coming back, I think people will eventually come in. Like if Shaq had come in, you know, like two years ago and to WWE, you know, when he wanted to do the big show thing, I think that would have been huge, but it's, it's baby steps right now. It's so cool that he got, you know, a hundred thousand people or whatever. Sure. Great. It probably just could have been more if there was the crowd there to give that reaction to him. Yeah. I think um, the one thing that probably let this down actually, because I enjoyed the match. I thought it was very good. And I reviewed AEW Dynamite and you guys can check that out on our YouTube channel. And I was actually very complimentary this week. Um, Shocker. But, uh, the one thing that let it down, I think, was the promotion of it outside of wrestling. You know, Shaquille O'Neal should have been spending every opportunity he got on in, on TNT and, you know, doing basketball coverage, obviously NBA analysis. Millions of people watch that. He should have been, you know, calling out Cody Rhodes from the get-go. He should have been just saying every week, yo, see that guy get posterized on the court? That's what I'm going to be doing to Cody Rhodes on Dynamite. Check it out on Wednesday if you want to see me whip some tiny little white man's ass. You know, he should have really, really gone for it. I understand why he wouldn't, and he can't really spend all of his professional time, and he's paid a lot of money by these TV networks to essentially go out there and give it some. But I looked at his social media and his branding and stuff. He's a big brand, as everybody knows. You know, this is a guy who's an entrepreneur. He's not just a famous basketball star. He's mirrored a lot of what Magic Johnson did in sports, where as soon as he left the sport on a professional athletic basis, he then went and became a true businessman and made millions upon millions. Someone argues Shaq is close to being a billionaire. He might even be a billionaire. Um, I don't tend to pay too much attention on people's finances, but it felt to me like if he had really pushed, he could have really pushed AEW over the top here and brought in a huge audience. And I actually think it's very disappointing because he gave an incredible performance. And he provided everything you would want a celebrity to do in a match of this ilk. Was it on a par with, say, Ronda Rousey coming in? No. Was it on a par with Stephen and Mel? Give or take, depending. Different style of matches. So, it's you know, you're comparing apples to oranges. But I just feel that, overall, Shaquille O'Neal's presence was fantastic, but they didn't capitalize on it enough with the right promotion it also probably doesn't help that old shit can Shivani is fucking backstage afterwards and he goes i've got to get an interview with shaquille o'neal even though he's in the ambulance right now <laughs> like wow <laughs> state of your journalistic integrity what's that you're dying in there from the table bum. hey shaq hey what's going on buddy opens the door and he's not even there i'm like okay what is he a magic artist now or <laughs> Whatever. That was probably one of the few things that really pissed me off. In fact, if you check out my review, I spent most of my time ranting about Shivani being shit, because he is. Um, but sticking with AEW, uh, I've got another question for you. Paul White was on the program. No more BS. See what he's done there. Ch- cheeky, <laughs> cheeky big fella there. Hey, I like, I like Paul White, the person. He's a good person. Um, but he dropped a bombshell. 
so to speak, on Dynamo. And he said that there would be a huge acquisition, a huge signing that would be debuting this Sunday, AW Revolution. Now, of course, the internet is abuzz with names and immediately everyone goes to CM Punk. Because... Of course they fucking do. <laughs> Why not? The other big name was Batista, who very much never that very quickly on his Twitter account by saying that, yeah, we should have a new term for wrestlers who retire but don't actually retire because it's becoming a bit of a fucking joke at this point. <laughs> so that was True. shut down pretty well. Um, the other big name that's been thrown around is Tessa Blanchard. Now, Paul White qualified his statement by saying it was a Hall of Fame worthy debutant and they will be apparently in the ladder match, which unless they're going full intergender, wouldn't really suggest Tessa Blanchard. So, floor is open, Carl Wilkinson. Who is going to make their huge, earth-shattering debut this Sunday at AEW Revolution? got to be himself, right? Hmm? It's, it's going to be himself. He's just going to walk into our match. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> You're the only person I've heard even think, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be him, isn't it? I mean... Just watch. It is. It's going to be him. <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake how could we not see it see i'm so blind to the product at this point i um yeah no that makes absolute well that's shit can that question hasn't it i was getting all excited as to who it could be tatanka or whoever but yeah no it's it's gonna be earthquake that would be that would be amazing if he was still alive god rest his soul um but (laughs) sorry john (laughs) um rest well what a worker that guy was but yeah no i the problem with things like this is inevitably it doesn't live up to the hype and if it's the big show it's the ultimate slap and it's kind of a really good nod to what he would relentlessly do during <laughs> his runs in wwe because if you remember the back end the last five to ten years it was, who's going to be number 30 in the rumble well quick <laughs> off <laughs> that was how it always <laughs> and so yeah i do you know what i i actually think that's a very good show fair play is there anyone you'd like to see do you think Tessa um, Blanchard would fit well in this, even though it would make it an intergender style matchup? Do you think Tessa Blanchard is on her way to AEW, especially with her father doing so well and reuniting the four horsemen, so to speak, as we saw on Wednesday? I mean, I think it would be cool. Like, I still think AEW's women's division needs a bolstering, and Tessa Blanchard would be a huge, huge star for that. But then, you know, they might frown with the working relationship they have with Impact because we know how you know that ended. Mm. Uh, not very well, by the way, in case anyone didn't know. But I don't know, like CM Punk, everyone's going to say that. I don't care. Um, Batista is a WWE guy through and through. You know, I, I know he's retired, but even if he wasn't, I don't think he'd ever go. A lot of people reckon John Cena as well. Um, people are so dumb. They are, aren't they? Like, you think John Cena, bearing in mind that he is the face of the Hollywood WrestleMania campaign, you think he's going to rock up in AEW? No chance. No chance. And Vince will give him any amount of money he wants to stay in the WWE market. And he doesn't need it anyway. You know, <sighs> unless it's CM Punk, it's not going to be, uh, I don't think it can be earth shattering. I don't think anyone's out there that truly is earth-shattering. Uh, Zelina Vega is apparently... Um, there is a strong rumor that she might be signing with AEW, and if she is, she'll probably appear this Sunday. That wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. The problem is the internet ruins everything, don't they? I know we're a fine one to talk because we're sitting here speculating on the subject, but... <sighs> yeah, big show. Definitely big show. Feels it's gotta be. Yeah. It's just gotta be. Yeah. And he'll have, like, a tearaway suit. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, moving on to more morbid news. Uh, you probably heard the uh, legend that was Jim Crockett Jr. sadly passed away on uh, Wednesday with a... Uh, I, I don't, obviously, I don't know the full details of what's going on right now, so I only have statements that are available in front of me. The suggestion is that apparently before he was hospitalised, he did contract COVID-19, but we don't know whether that was actually responsible or, you know, helped kind of exacerbate his health issues. But there was a lovely statement from Ric Flair, actually. Um, the article reads, courtesy of Per Wrestling Inc., um, or it would read if it was actually here, but it's not. Never mind. Okay, we'll just talk about it and just fucking ignore it, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jim Crockett Jr. Um, sadly passed away. Uh, people will recognize him as the leader of the NWA for so long, taken over from his father, particularly uh, from the late 70s to late 80s. He then sold the company. Um well, he sold kind of like the TV rights and stuff, and that eventually became WCW. Uh, but the NWA, of course, would continue and still does to this day. It's currently run by Billy Corgan. But he is very much responsible for creating the buzz and really boosting the mega stardom of people like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat, all those proper old school classic wrestlers the four horsemen you know uh rick flair in particular um contributes a lot of his success to jim crockett jr and everything that he did and i'm not going to go too much into his career and all the stuff he's done uh, i know people aren't huge fans of his but actually jim Cornette has been speaking in length about him on his podcast over the last couple of weeks and some really good stuff in there talking about a lot of the backstage stuff because obviously jim Cornette worked for him for such a time and you know the midnight express and all that kind of stuff so it's a real loss to the business and I don't really care um, how he passed away. It's a tragedy either way. And I know that he had come off of dialysis to continue care at home. So that would probably lend itself well. And maybe he was more aware of his demise than others. But either way, um, not so much something that I want to focus on in terms of a loss. I'd rather focus on the fact that actually because of him and because of his father, uh, we got an incredible legacy of wrestling that still lives so strongly today. I mean, in a way, like he kind of made wrestling, I don't want to say in the South because people just think fucking Hicks and stuff, but you know, the Southern territories would, would, would be like Jim Crockett promotions, be it him or his father. Like it's like you say already, like you can't really add much more. It was a huge boon for characters like Ric Flair, who's still going now. The four horsemen that are kind of half still going, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it, he has a legacy that will live on through everyone whose career he helped make, and all the people who the people he helped make have made more careers for. Like it's going to be, he'll he'll never be forgotten, really. No, no, it's um. Uh, he also was responsible for the Crockett Cup, which, of course, was a tribute to his father. And uh, the NWA obviously brought that back uh, a couple of years ago. And unfortunately, the NWA has uh, been pretty much uh, out of business during the COVID period, although they did announce that next, uh, the end of this month, actually, I believe they're coming back with a pay-per-view, which we'll be covering for the podcast. Very excited about that. Um, yeah, not much else you can really say. Rest in peace, Jim Crockett Jr., another great legend of our sport. Um, passing on and obviously as we get older in our mid-30s well me in particular in my mid-30s it's, it's kind of weird watching all these great names and people you know they're finally leaving this earth and moving on and it makes you realise that holy shit I am actually starting to get old so 
it is what it is. But uh, yeah, his legacy lives on and will do forever. So, you know, he's he's done very well. And thanks to him, a lot of the things that you love and enjoy right now, you know, you can really remember him the right way. You can thank him for all of those things because he's the one that made those things happen for you. Uh, Chris Jericho. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, so some people know Chris Jericho quite well as of late as the COVIDia, so to speak. He is a man who has openly flaunted COVID rules. He took part in a biker rally gig, uh, you know, just in general seems to be showing himself up to be quite the right wing lunatic. Uh, and I'm not really a fan of either side of matters. Uh, I consider myself to be centralist, but... <sighs> Chris Jericho just you know at this point I don't think he gives a shit and that's fine I understand when you have that kind of money uh, AEW star Chris Jericho received some heat on social media this week for agreeing with Disco Inferno which is a bad start and oh boy. <laughs> yeah as soon as you start agreeing with him game's over and by the way I was a huge mark for Disco Inferno back in the Nitro days uh, but to be fair I was 12 uh, on how the country needs to reopen from the COVID-19 shutdowns Disco commented on how positive coronavirus cases are down in Nevada this week compared to seven weeks ago he wrote only 245 new cases in Nevada seven weeks ago it was 2,543 hospitals empty time to open this shit up How very astute of you, Mr. Inferno. Uh, Jericho responded and wrote, agreed. WWE Hall of Famer Alundra Blaze, Medusa, also agreed with the ter- with the pairing. Excuse me. She wrote, it all needs to open. Fist emoji. Fire emoji. <laughs> Love this stuff. All three wrestlers have received a significant amount of negative feedback to the post, but they have also received quite a bit of good feedback. Uh, obviously, left and right. You know, it's a good opportunity for people to have a go. As noted earlier this week, AEW and WWE will be able to return to running live events in Texas and Mississippi as soon as those states are reopened from the shutdowns. Uh, there are other states that are also slowly beginning to reopen due to a drop in positive cases. So Chris Jericho basically said, yeah, let's crack on with it now. Uh, COVID doesn't really seem to be a thing. Now, to his credit, he didn't say COVID has gone away, but there is very much a push now of, come on, let's make more money. Let's get out there and tour the country and do some wrestling. Um, I can't ask you whether you think we're past, you know, the worst of it, because you're not a scientist. You are here to chat the wrestling news with me. But do you think comments like this are a little bit short-sighted and, frankly, do not help the already incredibly tense atmosphere between the left and the right and everybody who wants to get back to normal and those who are actually taking it much slower and are happy to kind of stay locked down until things have pretty much deceased in the way of the elimination of the virus? I mean... It, it's ignorant in a way because ignorant. That's just ignorant. Oh, that's ignorant. <laughs> the, the vaccines are out there and they are being distributed around the world. This is a fact, but they are prioritizing the people who need it most. You know, uh, uh, healthcare workers, people or oh, the elderly in you know assisted living homes and all that kind of stuff. It is not readily accessible for people like you and I. We'll probably be near the bottom of the list to get it, but. The, even when the vaccines were first announced, people started going insane because they're like, oh, the vaccine's here. Everything will go back to normal soon. Even with the vaccine, the world will not return to normal for another year or two because you'll have to be getting multiple shots. It'll, it's going to take time. And do I want to go to a wrestling event? Would I love to go to another Destiny show? Yeah, of course I fucking would. Do I want to get me or 
anyone else sick? Not particularly. It's, I understand people wanting to go back to normal. I do, but you just got to listen to, you know, the World Health Organization. They're very smart people when it comes to world health. It's why they're an organization. I just, I don't understand why people push for this so fucking hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, I have mixed feelings about the World Health Organization because ultimately it's run by some very clever people. But at the same time, they themselves haven't helped matters by giving out mixed signals. You know, you can fact check a lot of this stuff. But if you have a look at a lot of their statements, they even released a statement, I believe, uh, stating that, you know, that these masks wouldn't actually really do anything. They would just, they would sort of, you know, minimize spray effect and things like that. Uh, I don't want to get into it because it's a big thing, but, and I'm obviously not a COVID, I wear a mask and all that kind of stuff, but, and I'm looking forward to actually hopefully getting a vaccine, living somewhat of a normal life at some point in the future, although being a wrestler is very difficult to ever lead a normal life. But at the same time, it, I just wish Jericho would shut up. You know, when you're in a position like his and you have so much money and you're afforded the opportunity to continue to be a megastar during the most difficult time where, you know, millions of people are dying, uh, people are losing jobs, poverty rates are high, unemployment rates are as high as they've ever been. Just fucking shut up. Like, dare I, <laughs> dare I bring up Dolly Parton on this podcast, but I don't know if you've seen this woman. She's been doing so much. You know, she refused a statue in her name. She dedicated like a million dollars to COVID charity. She's been, you know, actively pursuing and looking for ways to benefit everyone around her and just, just acting responsibly like a human being should, like we all should, and doing it with a great deal of class despite her legendary status and her money. And I just think, fucking hell, Jericho, like... It's bad enough that you're flaunting your turkey tits around on AW Dynamite. Can you at least wind it in just a tad, mate? Like, just, just wind it in. You know, you are a legend. But what's really sad is if he continues down this road, I do feel like Chris Jericho eventually is going to be remembered as a pillock more so than as an all time legend of wrestling. Do you think that's the case? Do you agree with that? I like it's changing how I feel about Jericho because I love Chris Jericho. I've always considered him one of the best if not the best but you can't like you say in a position of power spout the shit out because people are going to get sick and die and then he will be remembered for that yeah yeah <clears throat> a somber but fair point to end on that topic not really much else to talk about other than Kayla Braxton upsetting a load of uh, idiot right wing marks on uh, Twitter <laughs> Yeah, WWE on-air talent Kelly Braxton has deleted or deactivated her Twitter account after announcing that she was bisexual late last night. Uh, as noted, Kayla took to Twitter overnight and said she's over having to choose her ethnicity and her sexual orientation. She then announced that she is bisexual. My whole life I've had to choose. Are you black? Are you white? Which bubble do you fill in on the sats? I always filled in other because nothing applied to me. Tonight, I choose to be over having to choose. Hello world, I'm Kayla. Oh, and yeah, I'm bi sunglasses emoji fuck off <laughs> the way they say it annoys the crap out of it Kader has since deactivated her twitter account uh she had an announcement um her announcement excuse me received positive reactions from fans and wrestlers guys like lance storm uh, beth phoenix were very complimentary which is lovely to see just you know family unit looking after each other also met with quite a bit of negative feedback as you would expect with twitter being a firestorm of shit 
bastards and wankers and everything else under the sun. Uh, there was some speculation that Braxton wasn't posting about her sexual orientation, but about being biracial. And that could be why she deactivated her account. That apparently is not the case as she tweeted out the bisexual pride flag shortly before she posted the comments mentioned above. Now, I don't personally think this is news. Uh, I don't give a shit, really. Uh, I'm more than happy for Kate Braxton. I thought she did quite a good job, actually. I watched Raw Talk this week, which was actually really funny because um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax just roasted her for about 10 minutes because they wondered why, you know, uh, Charlie Caruso wasn't there. <laughs> they were like, who are you? <laughs> Yeah, just annihilator. It's actually really funny, and I recommend people watch it because you get to see a more human side of things. And she's very sweet. You know, she's a gorgeous little thing, as everybody knows. And um, you know, she's she's you know a powerful woman uh, to come out with this. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I'm a little bit tired of hearing people's bullshit. I really am, and I'm not going to bring up their names because, frankly, they're scum. But if you go on Wrestling Inc., for instance, who have a comments uh, forum underneath every single article, right? Wrestling Inc., I don't want to take them to task too much, but they have a comment policy here, right? And it says, our online forum is a place to share ideas and a public space with integrity and respect, okay? Please read our comment policy before commenting. Um, Dare I ask whether you would like to hear some of the comments that were named that were put out there underneath this article on Wrestling Inc. I mean, I don't want to, but I feel like I need to. <clears throat> it's one of those things where I don't like bringing light to this, and I know people are going to be like, oh, short Cora, there are trolls in the world. Yeah, we all know that. I have to deal with them on a daily basis as well. But I wanted people to understand how stupid they might fucking sound over something as you know, as trivial in some ways as this. Not Kayla's sexualization, but the fact that it needs to be reported this way. Um, good thing it's 2021 where you are, what you say you are. Hey, Kayla, I'm a guy or a girl. Whichever you are feeling that day, hit me up. Um, yeah, it goes on. I identify as a potato. Where is my article? I identify as a half-empty Powerade bowl. Um, yeah. Uh, heck, I am a rare albino African giraffe and I never get any love. Uh, people delete their Twitter like it's a powerful boss move, LOL. It's just, you know, just dumb fucking comments. This girl is crazy. She can live her life however she wants to. But I know for a fact she's the type to put a tracker on you or abuse, or accuse you of something. Just, what does that even mean? I have no idea. <laughs> um, absolutely no idea. Uh, I mean... Wow. Not surprising. It's a crazy world we live in. And one of the comments underneath says everything was a lot more simple in the 80s when my cousin Marcel was the only gay guy. <laughs> it does worry you. Like, I get that some of these people are having a giggle or whatever, but, you know, it. it's just... It's just bollocks. It really is. Like, to be fair, there are some really good people underneath in here talking about, you know, humans as a whole want to be accepted and love for what they are. It's hard walking around feeling like you have to hide something or not acknowledge that part of yourself openly. You know, people like AKI Man, who um, uh, who was replying to Eric Rowan's beard, who I think follows us on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it, for me, it's one of those things where I just... I'm, I'm kind of a little tired of people's shit. <laughs> I'm tired of people acting straight fucking retarded. And I'm going to use that term. And if it, you find it offensive, boo fucking who? Don't go on fucking internet forums like this. And so, like, how miserable is your life? 
I have to ask you that. If you're watching this and you're a lot of fat troll, or you you know, you're like, you know, you think, oh, fucking no fat Eric, I'm going to give him shit in his Facebook inbox with one of my burner accounts, which I get daily now. Um, honestly, how miserable is life? You know, how, how shit is your life? How lonely and bored are you that this is what you have, you know, this is the highlight of your day. I'm going to make a comment about Kayla Braxton's sexuality and how, you know, how offended, how, why are you so offended by the idea of someone identifying as something that you're not? Are you genuinely that scared of people being slightly different to you? Like if Kayla Braxton approaches you in the street and says, hello, which, you know, I think a lot of us red-blooded males would enjoy, I very much doubt that her coming up to you and you knowing her as a bisexual woman is going to affect you in any way. Frankly, I'm a little bit surprised there aren't more lesbian-related comments underneath here, but, you know, it is an identification. You know, how far do you take it? Obviously, that's another topic for another podcast and another day, but I don't feel that calling yourself bisexual is a big fucking deal. You know, I spent a lot of time dealing with my sexuality and, you know, trying to work out who I was as a person. I still do now to a certain degree. And I, you know, even then, I just think, wow, I'm glad that I'm a nobody in a lot of ways because, you know, I can imagine the furore. You know, imagine if a male wrestler had come out and said they were bisexual. All hell would break loose even <laughs> oh. more so, I think. No, I think, remember when Orlando Jordan came out? Yeah, and then he was, yeah, WWE did him a lot of favors with the gimmick too, <laughs> and Darren Young as well. Like people just went mad. Because... Yeah, and let's be honest, they didn't last very long after that in WWE, and that probably has something to do with the fact that this company is incredibly toxic in terms of its misogyny and its, you know, homophobia. And hey, I'm not fucking blind. Just because I like a lot of WWE's product does not mean that I am fucking not blind to some of their disgusting fucking behavior. And I don't support the company. I support the wrestlers. And nobody's going to tell me that I should stop watching WWE just because they're morally bankrupt. Because in a way, pretty much everyone is morally bankrupt. It's just, it's just a fucking shitstorm. And fuck me. If it's, you know, most of the comments underneath here are saying, this isn't even fucking news. You know, why do we fucking care? Well, if you don't care, why are you on the forum commenting and spreading such hateful bullshit? Like, Go outside. There is sun and, and weather and elements and animals and grass and air and things to do. <laughs> and, you know, like, fuck me. Like, shit, get a fucking life. You fucking sad cunts. That's all I've got to say. I can't be bothered. <laughs> Gives me an headache. No, like, it It doesn't fucking matter, <clears throat> excuse me, what, what, how she feels or, like, how she identifies it doesn't matter it is her business and people losing their mind over it are uh retarded and should probably be put down yes i agree i absolutely agree just as a quick side note do you think that companies like wrestling inc or you know, dirt sheets so to speak do you think them um reporting on it just because it's out there in the internet ether do you think that kind of exacerbates the problem that they shouldn't make a new story out of it at all that it shouldn't be newsworthy uh absolutely like that is not no newsworthy um, am i happy for it absolutely that is not but that is that's is not wolverine that is not wolverine like, it it 
it's dumb. Like the fact that they're bringing so much attention to something that doesn't, and no offense to Kayla, it doesn't warrant that attention because it shouldn't matter because it's what makes her happy and it fuck what anyone else thinks. But you have to write like a three paragraph article about it. Why? Because we're bored. <laughs> we're, we're bored. Like, you know, it, it, the problem is, you know, I'm not stupid. Now, I, I actually follow a couple of the guys who work for Wrestling Inc. on Twitter. And they seem like decent enough people who report a lot of good stuff. But the problem is that, you know, they're not immune to it. They know that they're going to get clicks by putting an article like this up. They know that it's going to get people talking. They know that, you know, it's going to be controversial in some form or fashion. It shouldn't be, but it is because we live in a straight retarded world right now where what this beautiful young bisexual you know mixed race woman is bisexual fuck you what the fuck like i must talk about this i must argue about this because i'm uncomfortable it all comes down to insecurity everybody who has a problem with anyone coming out with whatever sexuality or whatever they identify as it all comes down to insecurity that's all it does you know when people make dumb jokes like or oh, identify as a half baked potato no your brain does <laughs> but you as a person don't you might look like a fucking potato and act like one and ironically enough that statement's probably closer to the truth than you realize but comments like that are made because you're just terrified and insecure of something that's different to you and if you want to live in the modern world you have to accept that people are different and i'm lucky that i only deal with a tiny microcosm of that being mixed race you know, being a heavy set guy, you know, when I introduced myself, obviously having such a rich Egyptian history and a rich Egyptian name and things like that, you know, it, it brings about tiny challenges, you know, things that just make me laugh. Or, and more often than not, I'm very lucky and people will just sort of say, oh, that's an interesting name. Where does that come from? Oh, tell me about, you know, your, your background and stuff like that. But you do get these people who are just like, you don't look like one of those. <laughs> I get this. <laughs> I was in an Xbox Live party um, just a few weeks ago. And one of my mates' mates said, you don't sound like that's your name. What does that even mean? Mate, you know, and that's unfortunately representative of the world we live in. People are stupid and will continue to be stupid. And unfortunately, instead of the more we've evolved, let's be honest, this is just basically talk, turned into my TED talk. So, you know, feel free to tune out if you want. But the more we've evolved as a society in terms of science and technology the more we've devolved in terms of our own free thinking because everything's done for us now i don't have to think i can go online and online will tell me everything i need to think and that's what these fucking morons do these morons don't go outside and have free thinking capabilities and go out and think about their own world of course they fucking don't they spend their entire fucking day you know reading bullshit columns or picking up a copy of the retards paper the sun you know or whatever fucking column or tabloid that you have in your country and you know they just they buy into this corporate monstrous amount of propaganda everything's got to have a spin pay attention to the story pay attention to the truth not the narrative not the spin not the context it's perspective it's it just seems so simple for me to say that and i don't feel like i'm an advanced person mentally for thinking that i believe that that should be the standard for everybody and sadly it's not i can't wait for the article when i come out and identify as an apache attack helicopter 
Yeah, I keep hearing that a lot, actually. Like, yeah. personally, I'd love to actually be an Apache attack helicopter. So right. I can deal with some of these cretins. Um, and also, for some reason, I was really into Apache attack helicopters when I was a kid. No idea why. Probably because one of the people my mum was dating was actually um, helping build some of them for a company. But that's neither here nor there. That's a, another story for another day. Um, there's not really much else in the news here. John Cena's movie got um, delayed again. Oh, is that the one that's like the spinoff from the Suicide Squad or whatever? Uh, no, that's Fast and Furious Nine. Oh, okay. I didn't know. He I was believe it's going to be the last one. Um, they probably should have ended like three of them ago, but I don't really watch the series, so I have no idea. Yeah, no. I mean, we really should do movie talk, don't we? Have you noticed how we always seem to shoo in a movie conversation? It's just obviously a precursor. Oh, have you seen the uh, the trailer for King Kong versus Godzilla? I have not. I, it, yeah, I like it. It's one of those things where you just think, that's, I should enjoy it. But all I can think of is like, Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy, that's money. <laughs> like, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's just like, you know, the trailer's like, oh my God, it's Godzilla. It's like, oh yeah, giant fucking dinosaur and gorilla destroying New York. Like, it's... Oh God, it's Godzilla. Yeah, no, that's it, racist. I mean, when I was a little kid, those films were fucking amazing. So seeing them in this glorious, technologically advanced world is pretty, pretty, pretty fucking sick, to be fair. So it's actually nice to have some films to look forward to. What do you miss most about the real world, mate? What's, what's you know, I was, I was chatting about this um, the other day with a few friends, like COVID-wise, with COVID and the way it is, is there something in particular that you really fucking miss I mean- that you can't do? Actually, I was talking about this with my mom yesterday. I just miss going to see a movie. Yeah. Just to keep it up track. Just to go down to the cinema. Fucking Mortal Kombat comes out on my birthday next month. I would love to go see that. I can't wait for more combat. I'm like so hyped for more combat. Like, I, rem- I remember like my friends, we'd go down to you know the local pub because we do have a few really nice pubs down here. Get some delicious pub food because it's the best type of food. And then go see a movie. And then go back to the pub for drinks after those were the fucking days and now i'm like i can watch it on hbo max <laughs> no it's not the same this futon behind me that you can't see because we're sitting uh, we're actually at a bar so there's no futon at all there is but no this- futon <laughs> you might be sitting on a futon there is no futon like i just i miss going getting some theater popcorn drown- drowning it in butter and salt and all the things i shouldn't have and just watching a movie yeah yeah, like, so I bought tickets last year for Euro 2020, um, which is the big football tournament, the European Championships. And I was very lucky. I went to the final in 2016 in Paris, and I thought, oh, get me some more of that. And that I remember that the final was uh, Portugal versus France in the in France, you know, which is very cool. Um, but obviously. I don't know whether... So I've got tickets for Budapest in Hungary and Dublin, which is the capital of Ireland. And it's the little things, that uncertainty of, do I book flights? Do I not? You know, they're currently having conversations about, oh, we don't know whether the tournament will go ahead. Will country, you know, given a deadline till next month. I missed the refund window because they offered it in January, which I thought was very disingenuous. Maybe I should have took it, but... They should have offered it later down the line. But, of course, it's a money-building exercise. But that ties into what I miss, which is travel. Being able to move freely. 
and not be like I don't get accosted locally. I'm very lucky that like, I live out in the sticks and nobody gives a shit out here. And you know, and fuck, it was like one man per mile kind of thing around here for the most part. Um, and I spend most of my days, you know, either working on the podcast or on the farm. But like a proper country boy, <laughs> I feel like the brand new hillbilly gym. But um, yeah, no, I just it's the freedom movement, knowing that I can't just go to an airport and be like, cool, I'm going to fly out to Budapest and go watch some soccer, man. Like that's not happening. And if it does, you know, what do you think about the idea of a COVID passport? Do you think that should be mandatory? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think people, if they try travel, they should have, I know it's a lot of people will probably disagree, but I just want to make sure that the world is safe. And a lot of places do now have the thing where if you're leaving your country, I know Canada's for sure. You need uh, not a passport per se, but like a certificate saying you have been vaccinated. Like I want, I want to move around. I want to come across the sea, hang out with you, do like live shows and shit. That'd be incredible. But I also don't want to bring the sickness there or bring it back. Yeah. Like initially I hated the idea, but then I thought about it and I thought, well, why is that any different from your normal passport? Like, you've got an identity there. They know who you are. You're not getting away. Like, you know, travel is very secure these days, unless you travel within certain Middle Eastern countries. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> but, you know, it's that reality of... I want it to be used sensibly. Now, if they say to me, right, uh, the best of it is the worst of it, should we say, is now over. And you guys can go out into the world and do your normal thing. You want to go down a pub and see your friends? And that's cool. If it's still going to be one of these things where every single fucking time I go to the pub or to a shop or whatever, I've got to show, I've got to be scared to get in. No, not having it. I don't think freedom of movement should be completely fucking shut down in favor of a passport like that. As far as movement abroad, particularly holidays and that, I have no issue. For instance, when I went to the United States, I've got to show a passport. I've got to show an ESTA, which is like a you know temporary visa anyway. So it's not that much skin off your back to be like, yeah, here's a piece of paper that says I like, should be vaccinated, so don't worry about it. Like, yeah, cool, fuck off. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They just yeah. want to make sure it's there. And I guarantee once it comes into play, they'll be like, where's your... Where's your Fucking COVID passport. Yeah, cool. Fuck off. Just go go and do what you want to do. I mean, I'm more concerned when I get to the airport checkout that I'm going to have a hand shoved up my ass because, you know, I look mixed race than I am whether they're going to be like, you got a pinprick on your arm. <laughs> that is the <laughs> time. That Trust me, that's not the whole I'm worried about when I get to fucking airport security. I can tell you that much. And I'm sure there are a lot of Middle Eastern men, including my boy, Jordan Said, who will agree with me on that because it is great fun going through customs when you have Middle Eastern background or mixed race in egyptians or whatever um yeah no there's nothing else to talk about i just thought i'd have a natter in it so you lot can listen to us talk i'll probably this will probably just be audio exclusive actually and i'll just splice out the best bits for, for the <laughs> video because yeah anything you want to talk about mate what's 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 irking wilco these these days anything you want to chat about anything what's grinding your gears mate or are you excited about something well, I mean, Mortal Kombat, we'll go back to that for a moment, because fucking Christ, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, my God. How triggered are you that the music has been slowed down? I don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> I love how people are so, like, triggered by something as simple as... Why is it with purists when it comes to nerdism? They're just, like, they're so upset about the simplest of things. And I just think, get over it. 
get fucking yeah. get over it. Who cares? It's for a, me, I think oh, it's a fucking it's film. For me, the the whole concept of gatekeeping pisses me off. When you know, like, because you know, I'm like a really big. You and I are both really big DC fans. And if people, if someone just jumped in, just starting to get into it, and people would like to go, no, that's wrong. You have to like this one, or this is why this is a thing. This. Marvel's clearly bad. Huh? <laughs> Well, that's not gatekeeping. That's just uh, mental retardation, and there are pills to help with that. I just, I'm sick and tired of people telling me that one thing is better than the other just because it suits them. It's like, yeah, it's one thing is. The thing is, there are there are levels to this because some opinions are shit and should be treated as such, but some opinions are just that opinions. Like, you know, everybody wants to pass off their opinions as fact. We do as well, but we're doing that via an entertainment medium. That's the difference. Like, we're doing this to entertain you, fucking idiots who are listening. Because this certainly will not be on YouTube. <laughs> but because <laughs> I just can't be asked. <laughs> Take way too long to edit. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you also check out our YouTube channel, we value your subscription. <laughs> oh, you're great. You guys, you do, you're a real MVP. If you don't subscribe, well, fuck you. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. Yeah, that's right. I can't really have a guy, Aaron Cruz, because apparently he's got like three different burner accounts that follow our YouTube. Shout out to Aaron Cruz. Um, yeah, no, I just. Oh, I don't know. I just I'm excited for that film. I think it's going to be sick. I <sighs> who's the character you want to see most, like really flourish in that film? I mean, Sub Zero's always been my favorite Mortal Kombat character. He looks. I mean, evil. I always thought Sub Zero was the good guy and Scorpion was the bad guy. That's how they've sort of presented it in past films. Do you like the fact that it might be, you know, topsy turvy this time around? I mean, again, being a purist dick, <laughs> they're. Well, when you boil it down to it, yeah, that's all that matters. It's the blue ninja and the yellow ninja. I don't really need a backstory. Do I have it because I'm a nerd and care about these things? Yes. Do I think the movie is going to make it look badass? Um, did you guys see when Sub Zero put up the ice spiky wall and threw Scorpion through it? Because I sure as shit did. Or when he froze Jack's my... arms off and they exploded, I was like, oh shit. I don't uh, know if I that's should... how he genuinely lost them in the lore, but I was like, Oh, it's, it's been uh, retconned a few times. Do you remember Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the really shitty sequel? I really like, like that film. Oh, it's garbage. It's yeah, but the fight scenes are fine, and that's all I care about. Some, is some of them are. Some of them are pretty bad. Yeah, no, the ones, the one that really got me is, I can't remember exactly, because I'm, I'm going to watch it after this, fuck it, but it's that one where they're out in the desert, and it's Jack. Just Sonya and Molina? And, yeah, and there's some fucking carny as shit CGI, and I'm like, what? Oh, and the camera cuts are just absolute garbage. Oh, it's, it's it, I reckon we could make a film almost on that level. Ironically, how was that's basically what Ethan Page did? He just remade Annihilation and then got it cut up for Impact. That's all that and, is, and it was twice as good. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't shit on Annihilation because it's it's one of those films where it's great because it's shit. Like I enjoy it because it's carny fun and it's stupid, but. Yeah, it was. I was never gonna love it because Johnny Cage was not the main character in it, and Johnny Cage is my favorite character. The first Mortal Kombat, I actually think, is very underrated. But I'll tell you what is even more underrated: the Street Fighter film. I think the Street Fighter films. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it, but it's another one of those things. That's all you need to say. He is it's, the greatest actor of all time. I hate it because it's bad. Or no, I sorry, I love it because it's bad. It's not bad though. It's actually all right. It's got Colin Minogue. Right, is fucking fit okay and she's fucking cammy as well and i'm just well i wish she was fucking cammy um, <laughs> sorry it's it's audio fuck it we'll just go for it um 
I just like I like that Street Fighter film so much, and I am unapologetically the biggest Marvel Jean Claude Van Damme. I have all his films on VHS and DVD. I think Universal Soldier is fucking incredible. Uh, the one with Goldberg is extra hilarious to me. Like, I like the sense of irony and the tongue-in-cheek bullshit. And I still can believe that Jean-Claude Van Damme at any point could kick someone's fucking head off. So, And also, come on, you had fucking Gomez as M. Bison, and I thought he was well good. As that, a- that was a brilliant casting. That, that is, one was actually by far and away the star of the Street Fighter film. Like, no question. He is actually quite amazing, because he is just so camp as well. He reminded me very much, I reckon, if you managed to get him in a room and interrogate him, have you seen Skyfall, the Bond film? Uh, no, I haven't actually. So the villain in that is this super, super camp bastard, but he's really good. He's really menacing, but he's also super, super gay. <laughs> no problem. It's really funny. And he's like hitting on Bond while he's interrogating him and stuff like that. And I just thought that felt like a real good inspiration that he took from M. Bison's character from that Street Fighter film. I, I think that film is gold. And let's be honest, video game spin offs are normally fucking atrocious, isn't they? Do you remember the Mario film? Um, no, I've actually seared that from my memory because I never want to think about it ever again. I'll tell you what, it pissed me off because he was still cute, but the way they presented Yoshi got me as a kid because Yoshi to me was this big bubbly green dinosaur. He's so adorable, and he was like a velociraptor. The film was like, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, and he's still cute, and he still wants pets and stuff. But I was like, yeah, nah, that's you're not gonna do Yoshi like that for me. I'm not having that. Goombas were regular people with small heads. Did you ever see the TV series, the animated TV series that had like live action spliced in between it? Yeah. Come on, it had Roddy Piper on it. Do you remember when Roddy yeah. Piper and he came out with the bagpipe? They turned his bagpipes into a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, What the hell have you done to my bagpipes? And Luigi's like, I thought that was good shit. I thought that was really good shit. Do you reckon anyone's listening at this point? I mean, I would hope so. We're. F- fabulously entertaining yeah we are oh, yeah boy you are um <laughs> i'm just warbling what else what else uh what else are you excited about i mean wrestlemania soon oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Shit. that'll be a Re- thing wrestling Ugh, gross <laughs> um yeah oh did you hear that apparently nxt takeover is going to potentially be over two days i mean i'm not opposed to having Two takeovers in two days. Yeah, so the idea is that the actual NXT takeover is being right now is being advertised for Thursday, uh, which means that they'll probably have the Hall of Fame ceremony on a Friday, I assume, because obviously Saturday and Sunday is two nights of mania. Uh, and then apparently they're going to use NXT on Wednesday as the first night of takeover. I mean, I'm okay with that. A lot of people whinging, saying that it's overly... Oh, I'm sick and tired. There's too much wrestling for me. It's saturated. I mean, what do you mean too much wrestling? What, like, right now isn't, apparently. The the 12 hours of wrestling that I watch a week right now is absolutely acceptable, but I swear to God, if you put another two hours on that, I'm going to kick <laughs> off. Yeah, because what? We've got three on Monday for Raw. You've got two on Tuesday for Impact. Yeah. You've got four putting together NXT and AEW. Don't forget MLW, which is now long. If you watch that, and that's actually watch MLW, mate. They're teasing the return of Lucha Underground. Oh boy, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, I guess you could include Dark. I don't know when Dark is, but that's I know on that's Tuesday off. night as well. So okay. that's, I think that's what another hour. 
Yeah, that normally starts at midnight. But yeah, but they've been doing a lot of two, two and a half hour spectaculars. But so you got three hours for Raw, uh, and then we'll stay an hour for Dark because that's what it normally is. So that's four hours right there. Two hours of Impact, so that's six. Then you got Wednesday, you got five hours if you include MLW. So that's what, 11. 11, then you've yeah. got SmackDown, which is another two. So that's 13 hours of wrestling you get as a weekly thing that you're pretty much guaranteed every week. And then if it's a pay-per-view week, for instance, this weekend, you got AEW Revolution. Uh, next weekend, you got Sacrifice. <laughs> then the weekend after that, I think you got Fast Lane. <laughs> um, fuck me. <laughs> so much. I mean, it's good right now because I don't have a proper job, so to speak of. So I'm happy about that. And it's good that there's loads of content to cover. But even I get exhausted. Even like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I often wonder when I was working like 60 hours a week at Royal Mail, how I was able to fucking do this podcast at all. But then again, I was just doing a cheeky little audio here and there. I wasn't fucking covering everything rapidly for YouTube like I was. That being said, I've also learned a lot more than I was when I started. So... You know, we're in a better position. Have you seen my NXT UK graphics yet? I have not, no. I bet those will be nice and cheeky. Really happy about those. Made them from scratch. Really proud of those. Like, digging in. Um, yeah, I may as well share my shit while I'm here, actually. If anybody wants, like, YouTube overlays, uh, Twitch streaming overlays, anything like that, I can do it, and I can do it for a fraction of the price of anyone else, and it'll still look just as good. So hit me up at Design on the Twitter, or you can find me on Facebook at Design. You can find me on Instagram, but I'd rather you didn't. Because... <laughs> That's that's. I don't really know what I do with Instagram now. I just kind of sit there and stare at hot women all day. It's basically all I do. I'm like, fit, yeah, fit, fit. <laughs> yeah, like, it. My my Instagram is like the only social media I have that's still closed. Like anyone can follow me on Twitter, but my Instagram is closed because that's like pictures and shit. It's a little more personal. Yeah, it's uh, being a part of Carl Wilkinson's Instagram is kind of like subscribing to a Patreon that never gives you any content. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting there or, thinking there might be nudes there might be nudes but there never are nudes <laughs> there never nudes it's not, even, like, face, not even a cheeky like you know fucking fong picture or something you should start taking pictures of yourself in banana hammocks or even better you could do do you remember when Shawn Michaels posed with a belt and he was nude and it was just like, <laughs> yeah. do that but with different WWE titles every week and you should have a different theme based on that title so if it's a European title you should do like a Rusev Machka pose but naked and it's just around like your bollocks or something and then like fucking I don't know like you know the tag team titles you could pretend that you're Melina I suppose doing the splits under the thing or whatever I don't know um you assume I can do the splits I get about oh I don't uh, assume but I'll make you <laughs> <laughs> I get an eighth the of the what I'm done say hello to Mr. Mac Daddy <laughs> when I get an eighth of the way down my legs already want to die I've got the flexibility of a stick and not like I, a stick of I bamboo. I used to be close. And then my body discovered that, you know, I got to an age where I was like, wait, what? I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> then all, all hell broke loose after that. And it has just been one downhill train after the other. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what I would really like cameos from wrestlers. I was really hoping I'd get one for my birthday, actually. Like, you can get Melina for like $25. And she sends you like these lovely long soliloquies about how kind you are and how nice it is to hear from her fans. And I was thinking, <laughs> that'd be quite cool. And also, who doesn't want to hear Melina say their name? Like, be pretty sick. Who would you most like a cameo from? Oh, it gotta be KO, man. Not Alexa Kevin Bliss. No, nah, Kevin Owens in a heartbeat. Alexa Bliss scares me now. It's a hot scary. I don't think KO but... does. Oh, mate, yeah. When she did, you see uh, her sitting on the floor doing the cult thing with um, and laughing. Yeah. 
I'll tell you what, mate. I wasn't scared at all. I was like, I hope smash the shit out of that. <laughs> I was like, watch. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was well excited by that. I was like, wow, you are you are someone else when you're in that mode. And the really funny thing is, like, she's got this lovely relationship, hasn't she, with this really wholesome looking fella. And you just think, he I mean, wouldn't you would handle that. He would you not wouldn't be able to that. You wouldn't believe that if you believe that one guy that's just been like stalking her for three months. Yeah, or like, that was a fruitcake. Like, he's actually mad. Why is Sonya Deville not wrestling anymore? Is she injured, or have they just decided that it's too much aggro and they don't want this guy fucking, like, I don't understand it. Are they waiting until the court case is, like, completely done? Because I know that's gone to, like, a... I think that's gone to, like, federal court or something. I'm not not entirely sure, but she pulls off that suit nice, so I'm not not against it. fucking amazing in the suit. She looks like a Metal Gear Solid boss. (laughs) I could just imagine her in like, oh, Metal Gear Solid 3, mate. Now that was a game. Solid thing. Snake Eater. They did the whole James Bond thing, didn't they? That was well cool. Did you like Metal Gear? Did you ever play the Metal Gear games? I did, yeah. I, I remember getting real mad when they pulled a bait and switch in 2. Were you just playing as, was it Raiden or? Oh, yeah. The guy with like literally no charisma, but gorgeous blonde hair. Yeah, and he how like. like Ric Flair before he garnered any kind of character. It was like, yeah, Ric Flair. Well, I'm trying to think of someone who has absolutely no charisma. Um, half the Dark Order. Kenny Omega. Yeah. Young Bucks. <laughs> keep going. The elite. Um, keep, keep pouring fuel on the John, fire. John Silver is completely disregarded from that because I actually love him now. Oh, Coke Strong John. I love Coke Strong John. Oh, I think I saw a picture of like him giving fucking Hangman a hug. That was the main event of Dynamite this week. It was John Silver and uh, Hangman Owen Page versus Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. It wasn't very good. Um, but John Silver hugging him at the end and was like, we won! And he's like, get your hands off of me. <laughs> I actually really like that dynamic of him and the Dark Order. Um, although taking Anna Jay away from the dark order really hurts it for me here's a topic actually fuck it this might be someone i might throw on youtube as well but if you're listening and if you are still listening god rest your soul good for you um, you fucking maniacs do you think that uh john huber's son should be on tv um my negative one and if so are you okay with what they're doing with him where he's kind of like the de facto leader of the Dark Order now that he's, obviously his father has sadly passed on? I'm, I think it's a really beautiful thing what that they're doing in a way. Like it's cool that he can live on or he can like do what his dad was doing. I think that's really, really neat. But he's also eight years old. I was going to say, I don't know how old he is. So mm. I, yeah. it, it would be like... I mean, growing up in the industry is one thing, but being on TV at that age and kind of being molded by it. Yeah. It's uh, let the kid have a childhood because you look at Michael Jackson, for example, he didn't have much of a childhood. He was famous from, you know, the time he was born. And then look at how that happened. Let him be a kid. Yeah. Like, um, uh, Barstool Sports were there on Wednesday. Oh, by the way, one of the highlights was uh, MJF calling um, Conrad turkey tits gold. Absolute TV gold. Um, oh, and also saying, none of you would understand this, but I don't exclusively shop at Kmart. <laughs> Seems to <laughs> be such an arse. Oh, I loved it. Um, 
yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, apparently, according to Barstool Sports, one of the most heartwarming things is apparently all the love and everyone, like, really looking after him backstage. And that's wonderful. And if he's only on site once a week, I don't see too much harm in it. At the same time, I don't think he should be involved in anything meaningful on TV. Like, it was nice to see them celebrate his birthday and shove that fat walrus fucking loofer into a cake. And I still reiterate this, Tony Khan. If you're going to give that bastard money, give me some money, mate. I'll wrestle every week for you. I can go out there and take a fucking pile driver or something. That's easy money, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I can still look more believable and more badass than that fat piece of shit. I'm just saying. But, yeah, no, it's a weird one because... I even said on the YouTube podcast, like, I, f- I think they've done really well by him and the family. And they deserve respect for that, even if you're not a fan. But like I say, he's eight years old. But then again, AEW doesn't present its program like it is anything but a bit of fun, really. They kind of poke fun at wrestling. There isn't too much stuff in there that's very mm-hmm. serious. And if you don't take it seriously, it is a lot of fun to watch. But I do like realism in my wrestling, mate. You know, I do like my... Pete Dunne versus, you know, Finn Balor's and my Adam Coles versus Roderick Strong's and stuff like that. I like my good, proper, solid wrestling that isn't just a load of flips and then a shit ton of ludicrous nonsense afterwards. Like, yeah, it's it's a tough one. <clears throat> AEW certainly offers you a different product to WWE, but I don't feel like it's the product that people initially wanted. And I think that might be one of the big reasons. Do you know what? Do you, do you agree with Cornette that they've gone too far towards stupidity and they should go back to a real serious sport-based product? Well, that's how they started. and it, it, Because that was like the true alternative to WWE at the time. But now they're definitely leading on a lot of the sports entertainment. And I don't think they pull it off as well. I think the biggest problem AEW has right now is that it's not a bad product, but there's nobody there to stop them from going overboard. There's no one to stay, to stop and say, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Why are you kidnapping a midget? You know, why is an eight-year-old on TV? Um, why is this geezer jacked up on steroids and coke all of a sudden? He was much smaller when we started. <laughs> you know, little things like that. You just think... What just calm down a little bit and stop throwing everything at the wall like mad because apparently they are responsible for their own creativity, so to speak. And Tony Khan does all the booking, and then he has a bit of input from um QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, and it's about it, really. And then everyone else goes out, you know, it's like, here's your promo, go out and do your own thing. And I like that because you either sink or swim, but. The problem is, they say to people, here's your promo, go out and do your thing. They go out there and sink, and then they throw them out there again the following week and let them keep sinking because they think it's okay. And they need a quality control expert there to be able to say, mm-hmm. that is shit, less of that, that's great, more of that. That's all you need. You don't need a Vince McMahon who's like, shut up, I'm in charge of everything, you piece of shit. Who's that eight-year-old? I'm going to eat him for dinner. Like, but at the same time, although he can fucking talk because he made a nine-year-old a fucking tag team champion, so... You know, I love the fact that we're all triggered. Like, oh, fuck's sake, Shane McMahon would be a shit tag team partner for Braun Strowman. It's like Braun Strowman tag with a nine-year-old. Be quiet. Like, WWE fans are just as stupid in that department. But, I mean, yeah. uh, he was a great tag team partner for The Miz. Just saying. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, best in the world. Um, the best <laughs> in the world. I'm, I'm Thank you for that, trying. Mike. Was it Mike Rome? Um... No, it was uh, Greg Hamilton, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, Mike Rome's the one that... Do you remember when Chris Jericho got Mike Rome and he thought that Tom Phillips and Mike Rome were the same person? Mm-hmm. And he got triggered at them and he put them both on the list. 
that was really good when they were both on the same screen. He went, Tom? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Mike. Mike? No, I'm Tom. Mike? Tom? Tom? Mike? <laughs> Do you know what happens when you dress the same? You know what happens when you're a clone? <laughs> oh, well, that was great. I want the list to come back. I miss the list so much. I was watching the best of, and so, oh, Kevin Owens' reactions to it are so good. Do you remember the Survivor Series stare down before Survivor Series? Um, SmackDown versus Raw, and Team SmackDown had James Ellsworth in their corner. Because he was hanging. No, I was out. there. I was. That was 2016. That's the one I went to. Yeah, you went. You saw the actual match, didn't you? Um, yeah. Do you remember the roar before it when they stared each other down? And it's like all of them were like, "Yeah, we're serious wrestlers." And Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens are just being toolboxes for the whole segment. It's one of my favorite roars ever because, like, Roman Reigns is sitting there like, "This isn't funny. This isn't funny. This isn't funny." And like, Je- Seth Rollins is great because he's genuinely like, "This isn't funny. You're a dickhead." But Roman Reigns actually finds it really funny. He's trying not to corpse. And um, Kevin's uh, Kevin Owens is just echoing, like, "Give it to him, Chris. Give it to him." He's like, "You know what? You know what happens when you question our friendship? You just made the list." And then he sees James Ellsworth in the background. And he goes, "What the hell is that thing?" <laughs> James Ellsworth's like, oh, 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 "Please don't put me on the list." He's like freaking out. He's like, "Would someone please come and pick up their son? We seem to have a lost child here." And then he just goes, "You know what happens?" When you look weird like you do, it's so funny. He just, he was out of control. And in a company where there is so much control, too much of it, it was so refreshing to see. But didn't um, James Ellsworth get involved in that Survivor Series match? I, I never watched that Survivor Series. I've never seen it. Uh, he was like fucking SmackDown's mascot kind of thing. I get think, murdered. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I think Braun murdered him. I remember Braun was... ring or something during a match. At some point, yeah. It's hard to remember because, A, it was just such a cool experience to be at live. But, I mean, fireworks scared the shit out of me. I had the pyro went off because oh, I was like, right, yeah. oh, fucking shatters your, your fucking insides. It was awful. Me and my ex but, went to Raw and had tickets right next to the, um, the ramp once and really excited about it because it was the closest we'd ever been. And I remember the pyro's going off. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. It gave me the biggest anxiety attack. I couldn't believe how loud it was. And I've been to so many live shows and it still gets it. I always go like this. I'm like, really? Because it just fucking freaks me out. I'm like, wow. I don't know how wrestlers stand there. They must be totally desensitized to it. Like you watched Raw this week. Did you see the fuck ton of pyro they let off for The Miz? (laughs) Almost like they knew he was going to drop the belt. So they were like, just have... (laughs) All of the week's pyro budget, and he just and he's just standing there like, yeah, cool. That would shit me up. I'd be doing Eric Young every single time I came out, like, really freaking out. I like, see the pyro that went off for me. It's when Kane came out, like, so Kane's pyro was just like all at once. I'm like, that's why they stopped so doing. That's a, a fun little inside story, actually. Um, that's why they stopped doing. Do you remember the Undertaker used to come out and there used to be a bang when the lights came up instead of him going? Oh, mm-hmm. um, they got rid of that bang because it was causing way too many people to have like heart attacks and things. There's so many multiple occasions where people like had like anxiety attacks or you know fucking brought about heart attacks and stuff because it was such a triggering explosion. It was so loud. It was like someone was letting off a gunshot next to your ear. Um, but yeah, no. Fucking that's tells you the state of wrestling these days that we're having a little fucking a little fucking wank fest over pyro, mate. <laughs> I love pyros. What's the greatest match you've ever seen live? Well, I mean, I think yeah. Uh that one was pretty good. Uh I mean Josh Alexander and Pete Dunn beating the shit out of each other. But also Lesnar and Goldberg the first time. 
or sorry, second time, the one like you know where Goldberg won in seventy seconds or whatever it was. That was like, actually legitimately the closer to the show as well, wasn't it? Yeah. He just comes out, boom, levels him. We're done. See you later. Yeah, it was like a hundred and like a hundred and six seconds or something. Did you go to the Raw the night after? No, I didn't. I couldn't quite swing that. I wanted to, but like I just remember like the entire the entire place was just stunned. Everyone was just dumbfounded. It was incredible to see the entire was it the Scotiabank Arena at the time that might have still been the Air Canada Center. Doesn't matter. The entire arena was just you could have heard a pin drop. See, that's where being there live and then like watching it on TV, because that was the only thing I saw and I didn't watch that live. I watched a repeat of it and I just thought, that looks fucking garbage. But I'm not there. I'm not living in the moment. <clears throat> and that's the difference right there. And there has been quite a few things where I've been live. Like I watched back a Raw that I went to live back in like two, I, think, what, 2000, I want to say 2006, 2007. It was in Manchester. And... It was the Raw where uh, Orton and uh, Rated RKO won the tag titles. I was there for that. And they beat Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, which, of course, was fucking amazing. Like, just to see Roddy Piper live and to know I've seen him live. I don't know. I know it was a watered down version, but it's still Roddy Piper. Um, but then I watched it back and I was like, this is shit. <laughs> like, this is a bad show. But at the time, I was like, fucking yeah. Because I, like, I was a huge Orton mark. I had my fucking RKO NWO t shirt on. I was the only Orton fan as well. Everyone else was a super mark. And the lads who were next to me, I just made friends with these Northern boys and they were taking the piss out of me, saying that I was like his biggest fucking gay boy boyfriend and all that. And I was like, I don't care. Orton's fucking amazing. <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it, there's such a difference in watching it live. Like, Nick Payne swears by WrestleMania 32, doesn't he? He went to WrestleMania 32 live, which I think is the worst mania of all time. I think it's horrible. Like Even it, worse than nine? Hey. Uh, yeah, but nine has Randy Savage on commentary. <laughs> so, you know, which is quite... Plus, nine does have, you know, some legends. Like, oh, yeah, felt- it's got giant Gonzalez. Oh, come on. I mean, I thought, I thought Giant Gonzalez versus The Undertaker was kind of cool at the time. How old was I? I was nine years old because obviously the first WrestleMania was the year I was born. So, yeah, I was eight or nine. And I was like, I, I just thought it was very cool. I was like, that's very fucking cool. Um, it's not a great WrestleMania at all, but I think it's second to WrestleMania 32. I think 32 wow. is the worst Mania of all time because back then, you're not expecting everyone to have bangers of matches. You know, you're not expecting to have 30 minute technical classics. Nowadays, everyone should be wrestling world class matches, as far as I'm concerned, because you're in the pinnacle of wrestling as a sport and as an entertainment brand. And fuck me, Triple H versus Roman Reigns was shit. It was like 35 minutes. Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar was crap. Dean Ambrose got the worst match I've ever seen out of Brock Lesnar. And that is saying something from a guy who gets gassed after two minutes. Like that match was terrible. It was terrible. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Raw, I think Baron Corbin won it. And I don't even dislike Baron Corbin. That was a terrible mania. Nothing good happened other than Zack Ryder winning the IC title. And he drops it the next night back to the Miz. <laughs> it's like, great. Thanks was, for coming, buddy. Was 32 the one that had Charlotte, Becky, and Yeah, Sasha? that was easily... That should have been the main event. That's where they should have initially pulled the trigger and had a women's main event. Because i tell you what, it would have gone over better than that awful Roman Reigns-Triple H match. That's got to be one of my least favourite main events in the history of wrestling, is that match. But like I say, Easy. you know, 
Nick's there with his brother. They had the greatest time of their lives. They'd never been to Mania before. That was their first... Well, I know it was Nick's first Mania. I'm not sure if his brother had been to one before that. Uh, I think his brother might actually have gone to the year before. But when you think 31 was so fucking good. So good. And 32 was shit. And you just thought, how can you have that much of a drop-off? at the like? You can't have bad WrestleManias in this modern era. That should not be possible. And no. yet it was fucking terrible. Still, they rectified it with 33. 33 was pretty sick. Except for the main event, which was horrible. Roman Reigns just shit the bed. That was the problem, is that he shit the bed in massive main events for too long. Yeah, because he was in the main event for what? It was 31 for sure. And 32. And was 33 his match with Taker? Yeah, 33 is where he somewhat retired Taker. Yeah. And then... Um, horrible match not helped by the fact that obviously taker i think clocked a concussion or something didn't he? or he, he got fucked up really badly <clears throat> he was basically knackered he was an old man by that point and you know he never obviously recovered but your body's not going to recover from that but it was just a a bad bad match also like jr lost his wife and then two weeks later he's expected to go out there on comms and deliver you know the performance of his life Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, they actually they did the, the alternate things, didn't they? Like because obviously thirty one was amazing, thirty two was shit, thirty three was pretty shit hot, and then thirty four was crap as well, wasn't it? Apart from Charlotte and Asuka, which was amazing. So that was yeah, because it had uh, that was the start of Nakamura's obsession with AJ Styles testicles. Yeah, that was the most overrated and most uh, well underwhelming main event or WWE title match I think I've ever seen. Oh, but yeah. we wanted it. We all wanted it. And then they're like, oh, we'll give it to you. Oh, oh you'll wait. get it. You'll get it in the balls. <laughs> right in the Mr. Back Daddies. It was it was just a thing that happened. Um, the main event was terrible. Lesnar just kept trying to murder Reigns, but he wouldn't stay down. And he took like six F5s, you remember, to put him down. Yep. And it was like, and it didn't get him over. And he was covered in blood as well. He was really badly busted open. It was a horrifying, well, I don't think it was a blade job. I think he busted him open shoot, which is what Lesnar does. I remember he did that at Orton once at SummerSlam. That was grim. But yeah, like from that point on, you felt like WWE have been more interested in, have you noticed this, more interested in spectacle main events now than title main events. Mm -hmm. Like all the time now, like, the Firefly Inferno match main event of the show, and you know you get all these kind of gimmicky matches. And you think, eh, it is what it is. Anything uh, you can talk about? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm fucking knacker, dude. I've I worked all day. I gotta be up in fucking seven hours to do it again. Cool. We shall call it a day then. Um, I'll edit this in at some point. That's it for the State of Wrestling Address, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. Uh, obviously, some bits you will have heard, some bits you will have seen, depending on whether you're on our YouTube or our audio subscriptions. And, of course, they're all free. So if you want to listen to us via audio, go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for WrestlePlug. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're getting close to 300, which means free merch who doesn't want some free merch come on man free merch for free art you know it's free all you gotta do is click subscribe it's really not that hard i expect you all to get on it and get to it carl wilkinson thank you very much for joining me for the state of wrestling address oh, thanks for having me buddy pleasure as always a pleasure indeed and for all the people we've offended on the massively much longer audio version of this podcast you can <laughs> 
<laughs> Those things will be censored for the benefit of our YouTube fan base. From myself, Aaron X, thank you very much for watching. We'll catch you very soon for more content from the Wrestle Plug. Double finger. Fucking three fingers next week, man. That's what you're getting. <laughs>